Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Bearded Friend Podcast, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this week's episode, I speak to Louise from Frock You Up in Linden. We talk about how she started her business, boutique clothing, and what some of her future plans are. So welcome to another episode of the Bearded Fen podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Recently, I've been down the rabbit hole of interviewing guys within the music industry, and I've really had a lot of fun doing that, and obviously had some interesting conversations, and I hope that you've listened to all of them. If you haven't, please go back and have a look. And then this week, I'm changing it up a little bit. I... Um, I have a daughter who would like to one day go into the fashion industry. And as I go around, I tend to um, meet up with people that happen to be in that industry. And I always try and glean some information from them that I can pass on to my daughter to give her some advice on how to get started in that industry. Although she is only a teenager, but I'd like to encourage her and her sister to start thinking about these things early when they still got a roof over their head. And they don't have to worry about where the money is coming from. But anyway, so um, along the way, I've met up with Louise, uh, who owns a boutique shop in Linden called Frock You Up. And I decided to um, ask if she could have a chat to my daughter and give her some advice on how to get going, which she did do. And then we decided to do a podcast interview um, a day or two after that. So and then that is this week's episode. So Without really going into too much detail, I'm just going to slide into this week's episode and I hope that you enjoy it. Yes, the reason why I wanted yeah. to chat to you is because obviously I'm interested in your, in your business okay. really well yeah. because obviously I've got a vested interest with, with Emma. Yes. And um, it's also nice to, you know, when I came in on Saturday, it was actually very nice to see how busy it was. Because yes. often you always, you have this perception in your mind about these sort of boutique kind of places that they like really struggling because yes. everyone's into the commercial stuff yes. you know buying the big brands and all yes. that kind of stuff and then for me like being in the in the sort of maker community with the 3d printing and all that um, I've realized that people are starting to move away from the consumerism big brand kind of stuff not in everything but in some stuff and they like to have unique stuff um, we've got certain with? clients that the one lady works for Proudly South Africa, so she okay. kind of feels it's her duty and mm. she will only buy from locally produced, you know, only buy locally produced clothing. Um, obviously the fabrics aren't really produced in South Africa, yes. it's all imported, some from China, some from Korea, India, and then the qualities depending where they come from are better or worse. But um, So I think the biggest thing that makes our business a success is that a lot of the boutiques just this is the range, whatever it may be, if it is a label or not, whatever, but what we do is we custom make. So if it's mm. too long or too short or whatever, we make it to fit 
within hopefully a few seconds, like someone can order a jacket today, get it tomorrow. And it's just that service. Also, people love to know it's not made in China. They can see the whole factory. Mm. Um, it's ethically produced. Um, I mean, I was just very, very lucky just going way back to when I started the business. I mean, that was 1991 and it was three years before um, it was still apartheid government. It was three years before Mandela came in and everything. And it, it kind of, it was living through that was so weird in, in that there was nothing available because we had sanctions so there was there was there were no labels there was no guests there was no so South Africans almost had to travel to get what they wanted mm. and they were starved of products and they also weren't shops weren't allowed to stay open till after one o'clock yeah. on a Saturday mm. so that when Bremerlake started there was this captive audience because no one had anything to do what the flea market the flea the, market yeah, that's where I started yeah that's they where used to have buskers really? with violins yes. and so when it was still on the late night old side before mm. Um, and then afterwards, went to the other side, yeah. I remember, yeah. So there were no Chinese, everything was handmade, mm. original, from the music to the food to the. Um, so it was a. Now, I mean, the minutes um, the ANC took over, it was almost a month later and just Chinese products yes. everywhere. Yeah. The amounts of. Did factory, it happen quickly? Very, 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 like overnight. Oh really? Overnight, majority of our, there was a mass exodus of people leaving the country with money. Uh, I had a lot of wealthy Jewish clients in the Bruma Lake area and Bedfordview, Benoni and I would say 90% of my clients left. So it was like my business was there and then it was just like oh, I had to remodel everything. Wow. And. Um, yeah, they just didn't have, they just didn't mind who came in with what. And the amount of clothing manufacturers that have gone under yes. since then, um, the job creation, it scares me. Mm. Um, at the same, I mean, in America, I think in the 70s, 95% of their production was done in the States. Now, if it's maybe 2%, mm. if even 2%. If that, yeah. So mm. if you follow those stats, it's quite scary where things are going but luckily there's this massive movement towards where was it made is it local is it this is it that but ultimately people are price conscious so so we should be selling for even more than what we're selling for but we try to keep our prices sort of chain store-ish price okay maybe slightly more but not really for what it is Probably whatever's in the shop should sell for double. Mm. If you were looking at any other boutique, same product, the yeah. same, yeah. Okay. And even then they wouldn't give the service. So I think that's huge, the selling point, the quality, the originality. That is hard work. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is, I'm sure it's it hard is. Work. But it must be rewarding though. It's awesome. To, to do it, yeah. So just going back to 1991, you said that's when you started. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, I used to go and buy my clothes at um, at Primalac. Oh no. You remember you used to get that almost like cheesecloth kind of um, shirt. Yeah. I used to wear those, and then you also get those like um, those like sort of patchwork 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not my style anymore, but uh, so one back of the, in the day it was. <laughs> one of the first things I made, because I was obviously just learning how to sew still and just mm. qualified fashion design student and you actually know nothing. Yes. It was like a piece of fabric and it just like went across the one side and then there was another side and just covered the boobs. Okay. And then if the, depending on the size of the customer's boobs, like if they moved their arm it could pop okay. out. So it wasn't an exact size. <laughs> Look good on the dolly. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. I saw, yeah, it was very, I sold yeah. lots of those and pleated skirts, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was crazy. So then after, after the sort of... Um, you know, change that you notice with other other people coming in. Yeah. So then, what was your your next step after that? Uh, so basically, um, 1994 was the change, and then I kind of um, figured out obviously I have to try and find a shop, and um, I then I got married that same year, okay. and um, a year later fell pregnant, and when Jace was about a year old, it's around about year. Was it 1997 somewhere? Yeah, I started a little clothing shop in Benoni called Sugar Clothing, and yeah, I did that for about seven years. It was awesome, same concept as this. Okay, and then around about 2003, I moved to Cape Town for two years, and when I moved there, I started supplying boutiques. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, like uh, making it like almost wholesale. Kind yes, of wholesaling, yeah. which was tricky, but it was upmarket, you know, like um, upmarket boutiques. So they could they could pay the price. Yes. I could still get, achieve the what I needed to, and I did that up until starting this shop four years ago. Okay. Um, and then uh, well, I did that two years there. Then we moved back to Joburg. I just I think I supplied about thirty boutiques around South Africa. Wow. And then, like four years ago, everyone started going under. Mm. All those boutiques. Sure. I know. Because it's just, if I sell something for 700 Rand, they need to sell it for about 1.5. Yes. And it's just. Yeah. That market's. Yeah, yeah it's dried up. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So then, when you were. Um, so you. So you're saying it's the same concept as you're doing now back in back in Benoni? Yeah. Is it the same style of, was it the kind of clothes that you would be wearing, that you were producing? I generally always make what I would wear and then with a bit of what the market yeah. needs. Yeah. Um, I might make things that are very, very colourful and that and then in the end I end up wearing black. <laughs> but you just get tired of it because you're working with the patterns and the prints. And, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I generally try to make it what I would wear otherwise yeah. you, you've got to believe in your range otherwise you're not going to be able to sell it no absolutely yeah I don't and like evening dresses and mm. formal wear and I like more instant fashion yeah sure and then uh, when you moved down to Cape Town you, did you find the market different to Johannesburg totally totally wherever you go it's different it's different so yeah. Cape Town was much more casual more natural fabrics mm. um, yeah, just just m more casual. Not Joburg is very um, people really get dressed up. Yeah. Whereas there, they might rather wear sneakers and you know. Yeah. So the but it's constant from one week to the next. You've just got to carry on designing, designing, designing. Because yeah. what you did last year, if you had the best seller ever, and that specific, sometimes you find one silhouette and that just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Um, 
the filing year doesn't mean it will because yes. you've probably sold so many the year before so fashion is tricky it's never you can never it's no exact science you can't yeah. say oh that recipe works so i'm going to do that mm. um I do so, and how do you keep an eye on, on what, I, what I the look, coming trends are yeah i look at um Nate supporter Nessa Porter, okay, which is all the, um, it's a web, it's just a, an online shopping website with all the top designers like Stella McCartney, Diane from okay. Furstenberg, although the really, really like you couldn't afford their clothes. Mm. <laughs> but I just look at the silhouettes, the styling, the colours. So I probably send like each summer and winter two or three weeks just looking at what they're doing, so what Europe's doing. And okay. then just interpreting it for, and then a bit of what I like. Yeah. So I mean, with the fashion, is there is there a cycle in the sense that because I heard somewhere, and I mean, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you want to see what's coming to South Africa next, you've got to look at Australia. Is that is that correct? I don't know because when I went to Australia, I found because we have Witchery Country Road, Trenary, yes. Inwoolies, and that's yeah. all Australian brands. Yes. And if you Google Australian brands, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't know enough, but when I went there, I wouldn't say it was all very classic stuff. And then they had lots of Chinese shops. Okay. I mean, cotton yeah. on is just basic, basic, yes. basic. It's just yeah. t-shirts, and there's nothing and unusual. It's and it's volume. It's big volume. volume. It's Chinese. They they don't manufacture anything in their country. They're so close to Thailand, obviously, yeah. um, and China. So um, yeah, I don't know about Australia. Apparently, that's where we should be exporting to. Okay. Because I've been yeah. asking, asking, asking with Iran what what to do, where to yeah. go, what would be the best. And one of the boutiques that still buys from me, she goes overseas to Turkey and Italy and what have you and she buys stock and she's just saying more and more of her supplies are going under there so what we experience in South Africa is not just it's not just happening here, just not happening here yeah. and um, I was just asking about exporting and did she think I could and then she felt not Europe she thought Australia okay so yeah, mm -hmm. um, we, who, whenever people bought my clothes and traveled they get really good feedback okay so yeah. They're traveling to Europe. Yeah, the, the places I've seen the nicest are uh, inspiration in that. It's just kind of high street shopping, London, mm. um, France, Italy, Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, more Europe is where I find the trends. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, so I mean, that's what you're looking at to get a sense of what's going to work in the next year. Yeah. Yes, because there's always a new silhouette for the season. And, yeah. um, when you talk about a silhouette, do you so, remember? I okay, no so, idea what you're talking about. So, so basically, um, maybe small colors are in fashion. Okay. Or big drapey <laughs> colors. Yes. Or something really, really fitted, snug and okay. body hugging. Yes. Or something that kind of drapes and hangs. So there's always like a look of something new and there's one designer called Rick Owens and he kind of turns fabric and drapes it and it just makes it flattering in the right places. Not everyone's tiny like your daughter. Yeah. So yeah. then <laughs> so then if it if it fits in the right way, then yeah. you sell more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely a trend. Like yeah. for this season, what would I say? Probably slouchy tops, big colours, I don't know, there's such... Mm. But I mean, is it, has it become 
like an intuition for you now? I mean, I mean so it's experience in a way that you I like... I think by the, like after 30 years, I kind of sort of, I've got a very, everyone's different, but I've got a very commercial eye. Yes. And I tend to manage to interpret high fashion, but in a consumable way. Mm. So it's, and that's just, I've always done that. I don't know, you get some designers that are just almost like artists. They will never copy something. They mm. will only do one. I don't care if, you know, they, that's what I'm doing and now I'm going to go do 10 self-portraits. No one will buy me. Yes. But that's what I feel like doing. doing so yeah. I'm just different. I tend to know what, what will work, mm. what will sell. Um, try to keep it exclusive but commercial, if that makes sense. So, you said that you started this fucked me up what so um, four years ago when you came back from Cape Town. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I came back from Cape Town in two thousand and five. Okay. And then I started the carried on the, the wholesale. Like the wholesale, yeah. Yeah, working from home. Mm. I took over half my house and yeah. then just the plain boutiques in mm. Durban, Cape Town, Joburg. Okay. And then were you making all the stuff yourself or did you have people helping you? I've with always the... had staff. So I've got the okay. same staff some for 30 years. Wow, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then, um, what else? Oh yeah, that was how I had a, a, an agent that would go and sell to the boutiques for me. She was brilliant. Mm. And um, that was hard, really, really hard because you're competing against the best ranges yeah. of all different designers. And those boutiques are also buying clothes overseas. Mm. So for them to decide to buy your range you really lucky if they do yeah. and then but it worked it, it did brilliantly it's just that our country 2008 obviously yeah it was a financial yes. slump yeah. and then it got harder um, yes <laughs> so then you reinvent and reinvent and try this. Yeah. So then I also started doing pop-up shops at people's homes. So I had the wholesaling on one side and then taking the stock to directly to the public. Um, trying to find a shop, very hard to find a retail outlet yes. at a decent rental. Because mm. inside the malls you're looking at like... Astronomical rents. Yeah, yeah. I actually grand. don't know how these shops actually survive. Because you know, like you walk through Cresta, and I look at it from. Let's just talk about shoes as yeah. an example. Yeah. So like a brand like Vans or Adidas mm. or whatever, mm. and you'll walk and there will be ten shops mm. in the mall mm. selling the same shoe at exactly the same price. It's crazy. What's the differentiator? How do well, they I just survive? I don't understand. Well, a lot of if you go look at the figures of the books, yeah. with, I've got quite a few friends in corporates. I mean, Edgar's is always on the brink of going under. Yes. And then they get a bailout and a bailout and a yeah. bailout. And, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, Nine West have gone under. They were mm. going for years, the most exquisite shoes. Um, I don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah. It's very tricky. We're almost like on the brink of lots of changes. And mm. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Um, but it's, it's I don't, where, where they moved us from, our old shop, yes. if you think of what's going to go there, it's going to be pick and pay, and then clicks, and then a sorbet nails. You're kidding me. So, so it's all franchise. Well, the, the, only the franchises are going to afford that rental. That kind of rental, yeah. So I, I don't know how uh, mm. tricky. So and then 
I mean, you in partnership with Lynn with this show? Kind of in partnership. I okay. I um, started the shop and the yeah. lease is in my name, okay. and I kind of felt that it would be nice having had retail a retail outlet before. It's really hardcore. Yeah. It's constant. Yeah. You don't have a day off. Um, so I'm just not a morning person. Okay. So I get to work at 11. Yeah. Sometimes 12. <laughs> I do. I walk the dogs and I do go to gym. Yeah. And I train with a trainer, but then probably twice a week I'm on time, like 10 Yeah. The shop opens at nine. <laughs> the staff are there from eight. Okay. So I just have like, I have help, and then on Sundays I sit maybe from six o'clock till twelve o'clock with admin, admin yeah. and payments and yeah. accounts and. So I just felt that it would be really nice to have a partner to bring in a different range. Yeah. So she's got her look. I've got my yeah. look. And um, just for the clients, it's not boring, there's mm. more happening. And then also to share the expenses. So we yeah. share the rent, we, um, the staff are employed by me. I kind of said I won't really be able to do a production, but over the four years I am mm -hmm. um, kind of overseeing her production and it just worked out that way. Okay. So I just bill her for the time when they do her work. Yes. And her range is hers, mine's mine. Yeah. So her sales are hers, mine okay. are mine. Okay. So, so I saw, yeah, because I saw the clothes have got yes. each of your names. So on I there. just didn't want a situation where I've built up the successful shop mm. and and then maybe we have a fallout about something yes. yeah. and she wants to leave or I want to leave and then someone has to pay someone out. Yeah. So we really kept it very transparent and if yeah. she wants to stop, she can stop at any point and so yeah. can I. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Well, that's actually quite a nice way to work it. It is a nice way yeah, to work it. Because it does get complicated when you're in partnership with someone. If something Yeah, because if I say I want this fabric and she's saying no, yeah. but I like this one, now it's really like yeah. you do yours, I do mine, yeah. whatever. That's great. It's yeah. actually nice. It is nice. Yeah. It works very well. That's great. Yeah. So tell me about your stuff. You said some of your stuff you've had for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, is it the kind of industry that um, it's nice to have staff retention? You know, the same people? I mean, the skills that they, they have. Look, everyone that starts with me starts without skills, okay. generally. I have, we have just got a Malawian guy in that's highly skilled and it's been amazing. Yeah. Okay. to have that also so yeah. that, um, but I didn't find I don't know we kind of needed to, it wasn't easy to find trained people yes. so it was easier to teach them mm. and as you've taught I, I try and work around people problems so no there's no situation where your boss and, and the employee is perfect yeah. it's kind of just personalities and you just have to work around it so I'd rather carry on with Better the devil I know. Yeah, no fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but most of us, I mean, they're great. There yeah. are issues. There are mm. sometimes staff issues. Yeah. Um, between each other, it's all ladies, yes. and they get so. difficult. Okay. Um, <laughs> but generally, we sort it out, and it's fine. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's nice to have the same. Really nice to have the same people. Yeah. I mean, you're employing, yeah. employing people, I'm sure they've got families that they're, exactly. they're supporting. And exactly. so, but it feels good to be able to a, take someone, train them, give them yeah. some skills. But you mentioned to me the other day, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if it's something you want to talk about. You said one of your staff has resigned recently to yes. do their own thing. I mean, yes. is that so a positive was, thing for you? Or was so, it? so that was, um, 
we, I was very used to her. Obviously, she was one of the original staff. Okay. And the fact also that she could do that is actually awesome because that's how much she's learned that she could yes. actually go and start her own business. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, yeah. Um, and that's how we got the Malawian because mm. we replaced her. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really wish her well. It's mm. it's it's bit. Um, she's she was she was great. Agnes was, a, was yeah, her name. Okay. Yeah. So she, yeah, I think she she's starting to make African hand African printed handbags. Okay. And I think they're going to Mozambique, mm. and they have orders. I haven't seen all her product, but she's got amazing machines. I think her machines are nicer than ours. Oh really? <laughs> yes. So she got she, she's got she financial bank from, yeah. from somewhere. So her daughter was up and down to Switzerland, and okay. I think involved yeah. with an NGO, and then so I'm not sure exactly how, yeah. but I'm still friends with her and chat to her. So I actually need to give her a call and find mm. out how it's going. Well, that's great. <laughs> and then you mentioned to me the other day that you were talking about how. The overseas people are looking for African. Uh, yes, that was feedback African. I got from a client mm. who had just been to Barcelona, and I just asked if she thought my product would sell, and she said no. They're looking for jewelry and beads and African type stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. You'd have to go check it out yourself. Mm. That was her perception. Yeah. I'm not yeah. too sure. I but mean, my business partner did does Tracy Fox. Okay. And she, when she was in America, she took over sort of tailored jacket range of Shwe African printed um, tailored jackets. So something very different. Mm. It wasn't well accepted at all in America. Oh, really? But okay. it didn't matter. She came back with the suitcase and it flew out of the shop. Okay. And then Big Blue saw the designs and then they approached her and she yeah. made a whole range for them. Okay, wow. So she's quite dynamic. She worked worked for Pringle. Oh, wow. Mm, and did just pattern after pattern after pattern. Yeah, she's pretty, really amazing. Very, That's very great. talented. Yeah. So, yeah, she's moved to Nisner now. Oh, she moved to so Nisner. I'm back to running the business because no, I was going to ask, because the other day and you mentioned to me, she was coming from Cape Town. I thought, okay, so do you have two shops or? We want to get set up something there. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Because I mean, I suppose, you know, so I suppose you could have her, her stuff stocked here and your mm. stuff stocked down there. Exactly. Yeah, that's mm. great. Yeah. So we just like need a sponsor. If someone mm. could donate about a hundred k, then we can make enough stock. Yeah, cash injection. <laughs> Because at yeah. the moment, as fast as we're making the stock here, we're selling the stock here, thank goodness. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I make a plan good. to sell it. Yes. But I would like more. It's just that obviously it's going to sell slower there because she hasn't mm. got an outlet. She's yes. got to build up the business, business from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So what you send there yeah. might sit there for a bit. Yeah, so how did you find it when you decided to go retail again from wholesale? I mean, did you have to go through the same process or did you have a sort of network already of people that were were familiar with your clothes? I have the, a network still like from the old boutique and I still sort of keep in contact with those like yeah. from 2000. Mm. Um, from, yeah, from that, that was in Benoni. Um, and then, you know, wherever I do network a lot wherever I go and people just keep on following the, the range. But when I started this little shop here, not really, it was brand new. And yeah. It was just what they saw in the window, yes. new yeah. label. Yeah. It, uh, you know, people from Benoni won't really come out here that much or Bedford View. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's quite interesting. So I took, um, I don't know if you know, there's a guy by the name of Douglas Kruger. Mm -hmm. He's a, one of these um, Toastmaster corporate um, speakers. Okay. So he had a, a talk on at Gibbs. I like to go to Gibbs Business yeah. School. They have these forums on a yeah. Tuesday or Thursday night and it's business, you know, it's like an hour and a half and yeah. you get to network. I like yeah. to go and network. Yes, it's a, I must do something like that. Yeah, so um, he was talking there and he was talking about building, building your brand. So I took Emma with me to go that evening because I wanted to go and she was with me so I said, come, let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, what he was talking about was building yourself up yourself yes. as a brand yes. you the person not yes. particularly a brand like yes. a clothing brand or yes. whatever. but anyway I think it's, it translates to both yes. both kind of things but anyway so afterwards I was chatting to him and his wife was there and she was saying that I was saying that I brought Emma because she's yes. interested in becoming a fashion designer and all that and his wife said to me you've got to take her to you Broke you up, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it was quite cool. Yeah, yeah so, that's lovely. Yeah, so she obviously buys her clothes from you. Well, there are very few shops that have a factory in the back. Yeah, I don't know it. of any. Well, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, uh, why um, not just get someone else to make it for you? Oh, it just Overseas doesn't work. It just totally just doesn't work. So for starters, they're minimums. Yeah. And we don't, we don't want that. We want yes. we we minimums like from sixty per color, per design, yes. Yes. so we are just making lots of one-offs and even if we have a pattern, we might do it in 10 different colors, like if you go into the shop at the back, it's not how any factories ever run, it's like okay. the worst possible way you can do production, because okay. you're supposed to just, everybody's making black, yeah. this one makes the like sleeve and then they pass like, it on and, yeah. and we don't do that at all like it's, okay. if someone comes in and they're taking 10 pairs of pants and every single pair has to be hemmed then we're going yellow pink blue green and changing the yeah. cotton and but it closes the deal it's, it's it, they buy yeah. the thing they yeah. don't leave because it didn't fit yes so um yeah the the to do production anywhere else um, I did years ago. I did a. Uh, um, I had a business partner, and we did a range called Ume, and it was produced in China. Okay. And it was the first range was amazing. So I did the design, chose the fabric, um, and I used my distribution of all the boutiques that I used to supply. And then he oversaw the production. He financed the the production and the fabric, and I did the patterns, design, selling. And um, the first range was amazing. The tailoring, it was spot, spot, spot on. Mm. Second one was a summer range, was also good. Um, and then the third range, they just lost the plot. They just wanted bigger volume. And then they, the lead times, they just didn't deliver. You just didn't get yeah. your stuff. So when it's not your factory and your production line, yeah. say you've just said to someone, okay, I want 60 of these. And then someone comes along and says, well, I want 2,000 of this. But I want mine by Tuesday. Mm. And he'd promised you Tuesday, but now if he tells, does mine, yeah. he's going to lose that business. Yeah. So you, you've got no yeah. way of controlling that you're even going to get your stuff. Get your stuff. And then you time. end up with 2,000 things, and what if there's something wrong? Mm. What if they're buttons, and yeah. that's made a hole, the buttonhole is a hole in your shirt, yeah. and they all skew? 2,000 of them. Yeah. And that happens, like mm. more than you think. Yeah. 
so I hate doing it that way. Yeah, no, so that thing where you said, oh, how do you know? I don't know what's going to sell. I don't yeah. have a clue. I take a new fabric. I think I like this. I make one or two samples of four styles in one new fabric. And I hang them in the shop and I see what happens. Yeah. And sometimes people just don't notice it. Sometimes within 10 minutes, you've sold it. Yeah. And then you go, oh, okay, yeah. I'm onto something else. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome because yeah. you can test it. Yeah. But I mean, also the thing is that that means that you've got to be in the shop to see that happening. Yes. Yeah. You do. But I mean, it's exciting though. Oh, no, to, I don't mind being. Especially when you've, when, when you've come up with an idea, yeah. cho you know, chose a fabric, you put it there, yeah. and someone picked yeah. it up like that. I mean, it must be. No, it's a lovely feeling. Yeah. It's like, I, I, you, it's addictive actually. Yeah. It's a bit like training when you're it, it really fits and you're running on the treadmill and you don't yeah. want to stop. Yeah. yeah, it's a high. That's great. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean like you know, I told you that I was like doing the t shirts. I mean there's so many yeah. people doing t shirts and all that kind of stuff. But I understand what you're saying about getting the stuff made by mm. someone else. Mm. Um, because you know, those minimum runs and all mm. that kind of stuff. So I've I've done it such that I found a t shirt supplier that makes really nice quality t-shirts yes. made in South Africa. Yeah, it's very nice. Is that one of them? Yeah, this is one of them. Yeah. Oh, right. It's 100% cotton. Oh, yeah. Good. And, uh, you know, one of the t-shirts that I buy is their, their platinum one, which is like, it's very, very soft. Yes. So it's like 160 gram water cotton. Okay. But it's, um, they comb cotton or whatever, so it's, it's not as rough. You don't actually realize how rough mm. normal cotton t-shirts are until you feel that one. So I bought some equipment to my own prints on the yeah, t-shirts oh really? and all that kind of stuff yeah it's nice if you like to do that like what you're doing with your daughter yeah yeah mm. it's just my, i'm trying to get my kids off the couch <laughs> stop watching youtube ah. i want them to get you know i just think back to when i was a kid if i yeah. had what they have today yeah in my elements yeah. you know youtube and yeah. all that kind of stuff and you know it's it's, it's inexpensive to get started whereas before it was you know in the old South Africa it was yeah. difficult to get like now like as you know I was talking about the t-shirts that I've got I mean I spent some money and mm. bought some equipment and now I can make my own t-shirts yeah. any design that I want so you just need really good like what you're gonna say yeah well so um small runs yeah. done to in specific yeah. ways and what have you yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I can just make my own clothes yes. yeah like, <laughs> exactly. uh, because like you go into vans and you pay 700 rand for yes. a, yes. or a thousand rand for a, yes. a, a sweater like this exactly and all it's got is vans on it yes. it's the same quality yeah if not uh, you know who knows it's just the label thing yeah so yeah anyway so that's my that's my thing to end off yes. this thing I mean, you decide on what you're going to what styles what designs you're going to do i mean do you have um customers that come into you and say well you know i like that design you know, they're not worried about the next they, they just want that same thing again in a different color or often often often, often yeah and then people that found a pair of pants that they like and then they want them copied but we don't yeah. really we yeah. try to just show them what we've got yeah sure because sure. it's just otherwise more patterns more patterns yeah so uh, yeah so what do you do do you um choose your patterns for the season kind of thing or like you say you do those samples you see what works and then you've got those yeah, patterns it's that more you like it's more like a trial and error kind of thing yeah so i don't know what to answer to that there mm. are basic patterns that i always have yes 
and then they are we're just constantly making a new one. Mm. So you actually, so I don't like making what other people come in with yes. because it's nice to see what they want and yes. to see what they've seen elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And but you kind of, if I'm going to do a run for production of something, mm. and it, it can take me two days to get that pattern right, the fit right in the fabric, mm. make the pattern, it can take 10 minutes. You just don't know. Yeah. And if I'm spending two days, I want to run. I want to use that pattern maybe for who, how, who knows how long. Yeah, exactly. But if someone comes in with something and it's not even on trend and it's, mm. And the, can you make this? Then I yeah. do send them to a dressmaker, or, okay. and especially if it's very tailored and bone stuff and evening gowns and bridesmaids dresses and mother of the bride suits and stuff like that. I hate doing. Yes, that. yeah. I hate doing that. Yeah, so that's why with my t-shirt thing, uh, I don't want to be a mm. princess of service kind of thing mm. because I don't want someone phoning me on Friday saying mm. I want twenty t-shirts by Monday. If you know what I mean. So no. I much rather I want to be doing sort of collaborations with people, yeah, and you know have say like five five good customers. Anyway, and then um, how best to end off? Come so check out Rock You Up. Yeah, well, <laughs> give a, give us the the sales the sales pitch. For, what is the sales for, pitch? I think that's right. <laughs> what is the sales? So it's basically um, what designer made. Awesome quality, high fashion. Yeah. For women. For women, okay, and we so also do some men's. So what now? This is yeah. the thing. That was the last question I wanted to ask. Was okay. When's the men's range yeah. coming? So um, I do like just for fun for my boyfriend. I made lots mm -hmm. of T-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a really really nice basic cut, and then we do them in some of the funky fabrics from the shop. And then we mm. do, we've got a pair of undies that are really, really cool, but very out there in far mm -hmm. as what prints. I'll show you, I've got one pair there, I'll show them to you. Yeah. So, yeah. You must let me take a photo. Yeah, I'll yeah. post that as well. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can. I wanted to actually really get into doing this men's thing because mm. I chatted to someone, and there's a big market for menswear because it's so, so staid. Mm. Um, there's not enough unusualness for menswear yeah. and colour and so my favourite is that, what was that show that was on Net Netflix recently with the, the Queer Eye, it's called Queer Eye okay. and um, it's these, I think it's four or five gay guys, they, mm -hmm. they go and they remodel your house, your way of thinking, okay. how you cook, how you look after yourself like they like do a whole lifestyle home uh, yeah. clothing makeover yeah and okay. people get nominated maybe someone who's depressed or in a rut for whatever reason mm. and then they give them the whole new lease on life yeah anyway so what made me think of them was i met someone at a, a luncheon recently and they were just chatting about um they, they were importing men's undies for, mm. for the perfect Specifically for gay market in Cape Town, yeah, and selling the undies at six hundred a pair, which is quite a lot for a pair of undies. Yeah, that's right. So I had already because Glenn went overseas and he got this pair of um, 
branded ones that fit really well and he was like can't you like just for fun let's do this thing okay so that's for cool. christmas we did like animal print with fur yes. like ridiculous things <laughs> that no one would ever wear yes. ones with like dogs with christmas hats on mm. um others with just like ridiculous florals um just for fun yes and there was so, like the way people laughed about it yeah and some of the gifts before i was just like the two days before christmas and the clients come in and we're like are you selling those no i want them because what is the normal thing you like buy it used to be hankies or yes. socks, socks yeah. or like yes. it's really hard to find something interesting for buy for me to, to yeah. buy for me or then it's like built on or aftershave. No, but I think I think for like the, the like the older generation, yeah. so older generation. Yeah. You know, people that have been around they've got basically everything that yeah. they need kind of thing. So they want consumables then. <laughs> so yeah, but also you want something that you can laugh about and it's they, that was <coughs> you know, like a normal like, pair of pack of undies is a normal pack of undies. But this but is like so funky, much fun. Yeah. Really so much yeah. fun. And because the design of the undies they've kind of got like a a section for the package yes yes <laughs> so you can like you can make that part like whatever colorful yes. and the rest plain i mean it's really and and it's you get i mean if you if you show paul now yeah. in the shop those undies that i'll show you yeah you'll see his reaction okay. he just laughs and laughs he's on the lying machine yeah, yeah. he laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs and i always tease him and say come on paul you have to model them just yeah. put them over your jeans like superman no. <laughs> And yeah. he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But so, like that, you never know. Like that, something like that can just gain some traction, and I people think might so. just buy it for the fun factor. That's what if, I. Yeah. yeah. So like we were talking about it. I think when you showed me those ones that you had made for Glenn, yeah. um, we were talking about the, you know, the the the, the Christmas, yeah, the horrible Christmas tea yeah, uh, jerseys that they. That they do in America. And now they're I mean, all in. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone like has to have their reindeer exactly. jersey. Yeah. And so, I mean, it could be the same kind of thing. Exactly. You know? yeah. I think that's what you want to spread is joy, actually. Yeah. When yeah. people come, I mean, I missed the boat was when you said, like, explain frock you up. Yeah. I mean, I've had some people come in really feeling awful about themselves, hating their bodies, yeah. just like not even want to try on a single thing. Yeah. And then leaving feeling on top of the world because we've managed to make them look and feel gorgeous. Just the right cut of clothing and made to fit their bodies. And um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty special because that's yeah. like another whole soldier. And you're not going to get that in a department store? I'll never get that. I'm, I missed that a lot when I supplied boutiques because mm. my agent supplied and I didn't have the interaction. So I really enjoy meeting people every day and chatting and seeing where the product's going. Not just like, oh, there we sold a thousand of those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Louise. It's a and that was the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening this far. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll catch me on my next podcast episode. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.